The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. We are here at the Tableau Conference in 2018 in beautiful scenic New Orleans, Louisiana. And our guest today is Nick Vandeveer, who is the CEO at ThoughtTrace. Hi, Nick. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome, Nick. And thanks for joining us. So we'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your role at ThoughtTrace. Yeah, certainly. So I'm the CEO at ThoughtTrace. In terms of my background, I joined the company in 2010. So we're kind of a startup-y company it's not so much a startup. But when I came on board, our primary focus was really on the records management domain. A lot of that in heavily regulated industries like oil and gas, our headquarters is in Houston. So from that, we did the best work we could with the tools that we have, and we continue to do a lot in that space. But about three years ago, we began developing an AI program, what we call our Alley platform, to really help a lot of these industries starting off in oil and gas gain a much better understanding of their most complicated unstructured data that's typically bound up within documents. So that's our focus today. You know, I would say, interestingly, as we've evolved as a company, one of the very cool things as you get into building some of your own software and everything that comes with that is a very experimental and iterative process. You know, and it is even a CEO, you like you get to have sort of a hyper focus on what the product and that customer experience looks like, right? From the very high level, C-level folks that may sign the check for us down to the individual users that are dealing with these problems every day. So that's been a, a really fun ride for us. And it's something that certainly as an executive team and our entire company developers, everyone, we really embrace and enjoy. I think it's perhaps unique to software and that you can, you know, whether it's AI or not, really, you can try something out. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, those are things you can back out. I mean, if we were building cars or airplanes or something like that, you know, every little decision you make has a lot more consequence. So it gives us the flexibility to be creative and see how our, our user community right. responds yeah. to things. Can't really iterate, especially with medical devices. Like <laughs> yeah. A little more... Uh... I hear that can not go well. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's actually great that you talked about unstructured data and unstructured content. And that's actually a lot of what I know, the focus of what, what you're focused on. So, but let's looking more generally. So tell us how you see artificial intelligence and machine learning being applied in the commercial domain, some of which may be regulated. And, you know, especially in industries such as the energy industry and some perhaps unique use cases for artificial intelligence and machine learning. So interestingly, like we released our product and it was January of 2017. And I would say initially when we started doing demos, people kind of fell into one of two camps, right? We had an initial group of adopters that were extraordinarily forward thinking, saw the potential of the application and even understanding there were going to be some rough edges that need to be ironed out. They were all over it and they've had tremendous success early on and continue to do so today. On the other end of the spectrum, you had people that were, I would not say they were even skeptical, they were downright cynical, right? So I think that cynicism is certainly fallen away. You still have to prove it to people. And I think that's, you know, if I'm an executive, I'm a CEO or anybody else listening to this and somebody is pitching AI to me, like prove it to me would be a very important criteria in my selection because the truth is like you can absolutely manipulate data, right? And people need to understand and see with the real evidence that what they're being pitched actually works and it works for them. So that's something we try to do with our customers. You know, I would encourage other companies that are entering the AI and machine learning space to take that same sort of approach. It's a lot more rigorous. It's harder to do, I would say. But ultimately, our goal and everybody's goal should be to create a very happy customer base out there that really believes in the solutions and where technology is going, not to sell somebody smoking beers. I think as we think about the application of artificial intelligence and machine learning in particular, 
going to the future, like one thing that people typically don't focus on today until they've really got their hands on it is the creation of new information. You know, like we'll go into a customer and oftentimes like they're looking at this through the lens of how do I do something just a little bit faster, which is fine. And it may be, hey, can I go from doing this thing in a week down to a day or can I go from a month down to a week? That sort of thing. That's a great way to think about your business. And it's certainly a fantastic benefit that you can enjoy with AI and machine learning solutions in general. But I think the thing that people miss on is that at the same time, you can create entirely new data points of information, right? And that's the stuff where you have a strategic impact. Like if you're just looking at efficiency, like that absolutely has a ceiling in terms of value. But if we can go in and literally create new information that helps shape better decisions, the strategic impact of that is profound. And so I think you have to look at it through those two lenses. If I'm somebody potentially buying an AI solution, hey, like what is the efficiency impact? Cool. What is the strategic impact? Like how, if we were to revisit decisions of the past and be able to surface new information to help shape a better decision, how might that have changed our business at that point in time? And how can we apply those things going forward? I think it's a tremendously important point. And it's not just going to be the kind of stuff we do with NLP and AI and contracts and that sort of thing. But you could think about this across all sorts of different industries. Yeah. And now I know, you know, specifically in the energy industry, there's a lot of data and big data. So how do you see these companies leveraging their investments in big data in this AI-powered economy? So I'd say one thing, and it goes back to the prior point about the creation of new information, is if you're to go look at a manual process today, like they're often bound by what you can reasonably do within a limited amount of time. So if I'm dealing like, for instance, the kind of stuff we do with a contract problem, you know, whether it's oil and gas documents or something else, the questions I ask are probably ultimately limited by, you know, we have X amount of time, we've got a month to get through this problem, and we have Y amount people. We've got five people that can review it. So what are the top 10 things that we can reasonably hope to get to within that amount of time? As you start to look at AIs, I'd say, especially with our platform, we go into great detail. We can ultimately ask far more questions of that data set than we could before. And that really does reshape and recontextualize how somebody thinks about the problem. So if I go from asking 10 or 20 questions of that data set to potentially two or 300 questions of that data set, and I think of how these things relate to each other, then I can truly deal with that problem in different ways. Again, you're not just more efficient, but you're ultimately far more effective at how you view the problem, how you make a decision. Ultimately, you know, this would be the case in oil and gas, like how you may value an asset going forward. So I think broadly, as you think about the application of AI with the big data, like a lot of it is going to go back to that. Like ultimately, how do we surface more of that new information and how does that drive a different decision going forward? You know, I would say interesting, and this is kind of how we look at it from a software standpoint, but I think a executive could think of this as well as a sort of software solutions. But when we look at something that we may develop, we ask, or we look at a business process or a problem and we ask ourselves, like, given the tools that we have today, you know, AI, machine learning, you know, you can rattle off the list of sort of key things going on. But as we look at a business problem today and how people solve that, if we were to rethink that like with AI in mind, you know, what would that look like? You know, what would that new invention look like? And if I were an executive looking at my company and, you know, I looked at the wide variety of solutions that maybe we solve via software applications, I would ask myself that same question is that as we dive into a process, you know, this thing may be manual, it may have rigid holes in its structure and everything else. It may have a lot of institutional inertia behind it, but can we reframe that in a far more effective way, leveraging new tools? In many cases, that'll be using AI. In a lot of cases, it won't be using AI. 
why. But I think to get better as a business is a question you perpetually have to ask yourself. Of course, the competing sort of interest there is that institutional inertia. Like once something is moving in a direction, it can be very difficult to push it in a different direction. We spend it's really a tremendous amount of time and resources on quite literally end user education and adoption and everything that goes with that. I mean, customer success is a honestly, I think it's a buzzword that's worth a lot of buzz in the software space because it's tremendously important. But really, like unless you're willing to walk people down that path and hold their hand to go from sort of experience A, how they did things in the past to experience B, this new and better way of doing things, unless you're willing to guide them, they're not going to do it. Like we all as human beings have this tendency to do today and tomorrow pretty much exactly what we did yesterday. And you kind of have to shake people that, but you need to do it in a positive way where they understand what's in it for them, what is the incentive for them beyond just, hey, it's our company's mandate that we adopt this tool. That's all well and good. But at the end of the day, like you need people that vigorously uptake that adoption if you're going to get the most value out of it. So a tremendous amount of our focus is on that. Well, that's great. So our listeners are across the board, enterprises, everything from finance to insurance, government agencies. You know, we talk to folks from the entertainment industry and aircraft and automotive. And so our listeners may not necessarily be familiar with some of the unique use cases in the oil and gas industry, especially around some of this unstructured data you talked about. It, and people may not be aware of maybe how old some of these documents are, what these documents are, what's in them, why they're so important. Why do we need to go back to like contracts from the 1920s? So maybe you can give our listeners a little bit of insight into that and some of those unique cases for AI and ML in the energy industry, and also maybe how they could possibly be applied to other industries. Yeah, I'd be happy to. I have to share a story for you about old contracts and data in oil and gas. And it's, I don't know if this is unique to oil and gas, but it may be. So it's interesting, like oftentimes we'll meet with potential customers and they play this sort of stump the AI game, like, let me throw this contract at you, kind of see how it responds to that, which is always interesting. We had one, they had, it was an old oil and gas courthouse record from, I kid you not, 1891. And it was handwritten in like calligraphy, you know, it was kind of old English sort of writing that they put in there. And, you know, one of the analysts brings up, well, it didn't do terribly well with this. And like, I got news for you, like if something is handwritten from 1891, it's probably going to struggle with that. So sort of my take, like if the contract was authored before the sinking of the Lusitania, maybe it's out of scope, right? For your projects. Honestly, I mean, people need to understand some of the limitations of the software. But yeah, like we do have stuff like that's processed through our software that goes back to you know, the 1920s, 1930s, like very, very old records and a lot of more modern stuff as well. And it's interesting to me, at least, to see that sort of change in language in terms of how people write things and they represented facts and stuff like that. So I'd say for us as a company, it's interesting, like oil and gas is a an area where very deep domain understanding and exceedingly granular detail carries a lot of value, right? And so for us, and this is kind of our DNA as a company, it made sense to put a lot of focus there. And we've had a lot of success because of it. As we think the application of our software into other industries, though, we're not, you know, our goal is not to create necessarily a robo lawyer, sort of a veneer across all contract types that we would necessarily go sell to attorneys or that sort of thing. I'm not saying we're not open to that, but it's not our focus as a company. Really, it's those use cases. You mentioned stuff like aircraft, you know, aerospace industry, medical manufacturing, things like that. As we see it, the use cases that we're diving into are the ones where that same level of extraordinary detail, much like oil and gas, matters. Like We don't honestly want to solve the easy problems. We want to dive into the difficult things and figure that out. Difficult problems that work at scale and have, you know, for us, have large markets. And I think certainly most of the industries you just rattled off fit that criteria. So that, that's kind of how we view the problem. I think the problem is you think about the AI contract space, like there are going to be probably a few winners in this space. 
it's not, I don't think it's going to be one or two companies. There are probably going to be people that serve kind of the legal and audit market really well, other markets really well, and there are going to be folks that really focus very deeply on industrial domains. And we fall into that final category. So that is certainly our focus. Yeah, that's very interesting. And, you know, we obviously keep an eye on it to see where everything's going. So I always like to end podcasts with this. It's a very open-ended question, so you can take it however you'd like. But, you know, where do you believe the future of AI is in general and its application to corporations and beyond? I would say first, there are probably some folks out there listening. Well, maybe not to this podcast, but there are definitely folks out there <laughs> that may not be listening that think about AI and that kind of fall into one of two like wildly cynical camps. Like number one, that it's smoke and mirrors and has no application. And I would say there's enough demonstrable evidence out there to prove that it's just not the case. And at the other end of the spectrum, it's the Terminator, right? Like it is the end of work. We're basically all going to be golden retrievers and, you know, sort of AI will be our masters. That is a much deeper philosophical question than one we can answer certainly in this podcast. You know, I, I'm not a believer in that either. I would say the truth is certainly somewhere in between, and it's that AI is going to change a lot of things in terms of how we work. I think as you look, you know, and I'd say this will become true in the B2B space, but as you look at the B2C space, things like Netflix, you know, your Pandora, stuff like that. I mean, the I'm like one of seven people that has a Google Pixel phone, which does amazing things with pictures that you take using their AI. But it's really embedded as a natural experience in a lot of things we do today as consumers. And I think in the enterprise and the corporate space, that will increasingly become the case as well. Like we like to say, and we talk about this a lot, particularly with regard to user experience, like AI is not the end state. I mean, it is merely a means to an end. And I think that's something that is developers, software companies, people in this community, we should all embrace. Like ultimately, the conversations we're having today about AI are, are probably not unlike the conversations people had many, many years ago about this crazy thing called a database, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, that's not the magic. The magic is how you go apply that and you use that to create experiences that ultimately change people's lives or change how they think about, in our case, work. I would say sort of outside of the B2B question and the application of AI, I think certainly within our lifetimes and in the coming couple of decades, it's going to have a profound effect, not just on how we work, but on health and medicine and a lot of things that are going to touch people's lives in a very positive way. I think it's tremendously exciting in that a lot of the things that we find to be unsolvable today uh, that are very human problems are going to become solvable because AI, machine learning, these are tools that give us the capability to understand the what heretofore has been the incomprehensibly complex. And that you think about things like whether it's B2B contracts or something like genetics or anything else, like there's tremendous potential there. So we are all pretty lucky and fortunate to live in very interesting times because yes. these are. <laughs> really glad that you brought up the perspective that AI is this, it's not a technology, but it's this goal. It's this approach that we're taking towards trying to make machines increasingly more and more intelligent. And of course, all the technologies that we're getting are the, the result of trying to trying to achieve that goal. It's just yeah. something we've been spending some good time in our podcast talking about. So that's great. So really wanted to thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. You've been an awesome guest. So I really appreciate you uh, participating. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. And listeners, as always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group. And make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. 
For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright 2018 by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.